welcome to the first episode of Culturally Speaking. I'm your host Mahima and hopefully you will be joining me on this journey to explore psychological research and how it applies to our daily lives. One of the major themes we will be covering in this podcast is whether psychological research results are relevant across cultures or not. So to start off our first episode, we are going to look at culture and mental health systems. Imagine feeling really down and being unable to get through the day without feeling like you're on the edge of breaking down. So you decide to go and see a therapist to get some help. But when you sit down and talk to the therapist, you just feel so disconnected from what the therapist is saying because it is so removed from your values, beliefs, and how you see yourself. You begin to feel like you're not getting anything out of the session and that maybe this is all there is to therapy and it isn't meant for you. This illustrates one of the issues with having mental health systems that aren't created to suit the culture it is meant to serve. A study looking at the access and use of mental health services among Pacific Islanders showed that while Pacific Islanders seem to have high rates of mental health issues, their use of mental health services were very low. The researchers identified five themes from the Islanders that they interviewed about why they didn't access mental health services one of which were cultural and language barriers. Similarly, in a study conducted looking at the treatment of mental illness through spiritual and faith-based healing in Ghana, researchers found that the faith-based healers and individuals who were looking for treatment thought that mental illness had a spiritual cause. So even when almost a third of the individuals seeking treatment faced mistreatment at those healing centers, approximately half of those mistreated people went back. Why? because it was the only place where they could get treatment that aligned with their beliefs. But what if the mental health systems in Ghana were built so that they were sensitive to those beliefs? What if those people seeking treatment felt like their beliefs had a place in the treatment process? What if the healers were brought into the mental health system and provided a regulated space to practice? You might ask, why does it matter? It doesn't affect me. Or isn't this a problem for other countries to figure out and adopt their systems? But that's just not true. The world is becoming more and more multicultural, and let's focus on Canada, for example. According to StatCan, approximately 21.9% of the Canadian population is made up of immigrants, and this number is continuing to grow. When these people from all these different cultures need help, where will they go? Are there systems available to support them? So today, we are going to look at a few studies that show us how successful therapies can be if they grow out of the culture they are meant to serve. The first study was conducted by Emanuelson, Pierce, Oakes, Harper, and Ford in the Canadian Arctic. They identified that Inuit women experienced greater levels of inequality compared to the general female population in Canada. So when they talked to the Inuit women to see what they felt were factors that improved their health, a woman mentioned sewing. The researchers became interested in this idea and decided to study how sewing impacts Inuit women's health. This study into the role of sewing in Inuit women's health was created as a part of an Inuit-led research project, where researchers met with Inuit elders and youth to come up with research questions and a plan on how to conduct the research. The researchers worked with two local Inuit women to interview 30 Inuit women from the community who are between the ages of 18 and 80 or older. All of these women were involved in the sewing initiatives in the community. 
The researchers interviewed the women at their homes or at the community sewing sessions that occurred mostly during winter months about what role sewing plays in their culture. The transcripts of the interviews and the notes that the researchers took were verified by their Inuit research partners so that everything from the research question to the interpretation of the results remained rooted in the true Inuit cultural understandings and to prioritize the Inuit voices. The interviews were analyzed using data analysis software and major recurring themes were extracted from all of the interviews they conducted. The researchers found that sewing had a positive effect on Inuit women's health and the health of the community as a whole. Through sewing, Inuit women were able to feel a sense of pride and a sense of accomplishment. Sewing was a community activity through which the youth would learn about their cultural identity from their elders. It also allowed women to relax, decompress, and socialize with others in the community, especially as the Inuit community is facing more isolation these days. For the Inuit women, sewing is also connected to spirituality and healing. Many women described sewing as a way to meditate and reflect about their problems. It was also described as an activity through which they found peace. Many used sewing as a mechanism to get through their rough periods of trauma in their lives, as many of the women had experienced the traumatizing residential schools and colonialism. Some women sewed items to give to others who were going through a rough time as a way of bringing the person some happiness. These results reflect the Inuit understanding of health. Inuits view an individual's health as being deeply connected to the health of the community, and health includes aspects like cultural, environmental, and spiritual components on top of the physical part. So for an Inuit, healthy living is not a personal experience, but rather a community experience. Community activities like sewing, mainly for women, fishing, and hunting provide the valuable social and environmental relationships that help an Inuit community stay healthy. But rather than hearing it from me, I will read a few statements from the women themselves so that we can include and respect the voices of the Inuit women. A young elder said, I like to think of it like sewing is a link to my past. Like long ago, we didn't have a will, or we didn't have property or jewelry to hand down. It's the skills and the values, that's what we hand down. Another elder said, when I sew, I am just at peace. That's just how I feel, just nothing bothering me. I'm enjoying what I am doing. I think that is because of growing up with it, right from really tiny, trying to learn, trying to sew. When I sew, I don't think of nothing. I don't think of frustration unless I'm in a hurry. If I'm in a hurry to get something done, then too bad, it's not going to get done because I don't want to get frustrated while I'm trying to do something. That's just how I feel. If I start getting frustrated, okay, put it away. When we make something, especially for our kids, that's all made from you to them. It's a part of you. You're doing something for someone you love. Yet another elder said, Wearing what we wear and how we make it gives us enjoyment and proudness of being who we are. When my mom used to make us parkas, it made us feel so proud. I like trying to make our own culture in our traditional way. Not to make new style, because my mom and dad's culture is important to me. That's how I learned and grew up. I always try to keep my mom's way, so that we keep her culture and tradition going. 
We can see from these women's statements how these cultural practices are so important for them to feel a sense of purpose, belonging, and community. These are some of the factors that allow them to feel and be healthy. So when mental health services are provided to these communities, their culture needs to be understood, and activities like sewing should be a part of the process so that these women can feel comfortable and feel heard. There are other studies like the Asiasiga Samoan Intervention for Communities Post-Tsunami that provide positive support for creating mental health services that are based in the culture it is meant to serve. The Samoan Intervention Study found that local communities affected by a tsunami were more accepting and welcoming of home visits by mental health practitioners when it was embedded in their local values of Asiasiga. Asiasiga is essentially a practice where Samoan families in distress would be visited by a pastor, pastoral counselor, or family leader, offering spiritual, emotional, and physical comfort and support and allowing assessment of any other significant needs. So what does this all mean? Well, let's go back to where we started. Imagine feeling really down and being unable to get through the day without feeling like you're on the edge of breaking down. So you decide to go and see a therapist to get some help. But this time when you sit down and talk to the therapist, you just feel connected to what the therapist is saying because it reflects your values, beliefs, and how you see yourself. You begin to feel like you're understood and that you can improve because everything the therapist is suggesting sounds familiar, relevant, and doable. This is what mental health systems could look like and become if it is created to suit the culture it is meant to serve. There are still many questions that we need to ask of ourselves and researchers, like do psychological interventions that have been created accurately address the mental health needs of a diverse population? As the psychological community grapples with the fact that a majority of our research has been conducted on people that are Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic, we now need to look at what that means for the results of our studies. Will the results of all these studies we've conducted accurately describe people from cultures that are not Western, educated, industrialized, rich, or democratic? Research has been largely affected by a colonial past, which isn't discussed enough. A lot of scientific research, not just psychology, has been dominated by a Eurocentric perspective and has largely ignored the perspectives of the people who have been colonized. So how can research that has been dominated by a Eurocentric perspective and has largely ignored the perspectives of the people who have been colonized be applicable to those very same colonized people? Fortunately, there is an increasing movement to decolonize science by creating research that is rooted in the native culture that is being studied, and this should definitely be encouraged. Today, we talked about studies that examine mental health through the lens of native cultures being studied. If the results of these studies are applied in real life by providing services to Inuit women rooted in cultural practices like sewing, or approaching Samoan communities through Asiasiga, it will help provide people from different cultures the kind of mental health care that is rooted in their values and cultural beliefs. This reduces barriers to access and makes reaching out for mental health care more acceptable to people of all cultures because it is based in their cultural values. And isn't that what everyone deserves? A chance to feel like they can reach out for help and be seen and heard for who they are. If you are interested in reading up on any of the studies or statistics I have mentioned, I've put the links in the description. You can go ahead and check it out. 
If you have any questions or want to talk to me about anything we discussed, feel free to leave a comment and we can chat. Well, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you all learned something meaningful. If there's one takeaway that I wish you would all remember, it's that everyone deserves to feel like they can reach out for help and be heard and understood. Whatever your cultural beliefs or values are, you are valid and your struggle is valid. You deserve to get the kind of help that is rooted in what you believe in. I hope you have a wonderful day filled with happiness. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of Culturally Speaking, and I hope you all tune in again next time.